It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. Last time in the Maelstrom Galaxy, you ate, danced, and made merry at the first ever Festival of New Beginnings to be held outside of the Apelton Empire. There were victories, there were defeats, but most of all, there were chances to enjoy the best of the galaxy and forget, if only for a moment, what you have yet to face. That momentary peace was cut short by an unexpected summons from an unexpected source. We pick up just over two weeks later as the roar of re-entry fades and the Catherine Johnson 2 levels out over a seemingly endless ocean. Azalir is a glittering sapphire, a watery wonder world connected to the rest of the trade galaxy by the glittering billboards and elegant elevated walkways of Nipponi, its single above water city. Nipponi sits on the crumbling rim of an ancient volcano, its heart a maze of stilted shopping streets and clubs and its outer edges bristling with boat docks and submarine docks. Its most prominent building is the Blue Palace, an enormous ornate structure made of a pale azure-veined stone pulled up from deep beneath the waves. Nipponi doesn't have enough land area to support a normal spaceport, and instead ships have to land out beyond the crater ring on floating barges connected to one another by a net of makeshift wooden bridges. Your approach is long and shallow, bringing you in from the west over miles of mirror-flat water. Well, where are you? I imagine bridge, or are people not in the bridge, or...? Corel's probably bringing the KJ in, because that's what they usually do. So they're probably on the bridge. Shona, you're giggling. <laughs> Why are you... I was trying to think, because I just imagine Slurp just staring into the middle distance, like, this is how I die. <laughs> <laughs> For various reasons. Um, Lorelei is not on the bridge. Lorelei is on the kitchen, desperately trying to seem calm. And drinking some tip leaf tea and just sort of sat there like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But all of that's in her head and she's very much trying to seem like a normal functional person. But mm. uh, Crick is in his room. He's uh, painting a new model train. Is this like extreme sport model painting? Of course. <laughs> while so, the ship is landing. So I can see you, that being you a do thing. it while the ship is landing just to prove to yourself how steady a hand you have. Well, I mean, if you think about it, Crick needs to practice having a steady hand because he fights with his hands. I'm with Lorelei, partly because after the whole we almost died in another ship crash, she's like, well, <laughs> maybe not the bridge this time. Uh, and Lorelei's totally not freaking out. So, but also kind of like, don't really know what to say, because I don't like Tali. <laughs> and I don't... What do you mean? We all love Tali. She's oh, our best bud. Lorelei I... isn't entirely sure she likes Tali at the moment. <laughs> and Friday's like, well, I don't really want to upset Lorelei, but also I don't get it. <laughs> so just... Wow. Yeah, I think... Shlurp is on the bridge with Corel, so they're the only two. Corel's actually focusing. Shlurp is just 
staring to the middle distance, thinking about all the things that they have done to Tali and what Tali has done to them. I mean, just, and also thinking about the last time they visited this planet as well, because that's bringing up a few memories. Mm. You might say that Schlurp is spacing out. Oh my God. <laughs> they're not even in space right now. They're above. They're just, they're in all. No, it's too late. The, joke is, the joke's been done. Dang it's been it. done. Corel doesn't mind too much that Schlurp's being quiet. I think Corel has been a bit withdrawn on this trip. Aside from where they're not actually on the bridge on Changli Ship, they've been in their room for the most part. Where's Junie? Junie is probably on the bridge as well, um, probably leaning on the control panel next to Corel, also staring ahead into the <laughs> distance. Corel and Schlurp, the low crumbling crags of Naponi's volcanic rim creep in from the otherwise flat horizon. Approach beacons now appear ahead of you, funneling you in towards the spaceport that you can now see to the west of the city. Corel, can you make me a piloting check? Natural 20. With that impeccable roll, you land the ship, the barge sinking for a moment beneath the KJ's weight, and then you dial back the engines and are left bobbing gently in place at the edge of the city. I come in on the intercom. All right, everyone. We're here. Azalea, pleasure planet of the Namazia. Two questions. Number one, is Corel wearing the helmet? Yes. Number two, Schlurp. Are you Schlurp or are you Synth? <laughs> uh oh that's a really good question <laughs> oh shit uh, <laughs> or wild card are you angus mcsmith <laughs> i could be angus <laughs> i oh. really hope that the corsairs are really into synth rhythm <laughs> <laughs> they just have to be like not against them honestly <laughs> what if tali just didn't know you had a you were a synth rhythm and was just like yeah i love synth rhythm <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And then the reveal that she's just her, be so her worldview is crum is crumbling around her. As you're slowly reconvening your way towards the bridge, and someone is making decisions about who to go as, <laughs> uh, Junie Faraday, have you arrived back on the bridge yet? Yeah, yeah. Junie turns towards you and is like, "I don't really think this is a is a surprise, but I'm gonna sit this one out. Uh, just saying, city full of pirates." We need someone to watch the ship, and I'm fine with that being me. What? You mean you don't want to go and meet Tali Goldenhorn? Again? I got my fill of her... a while ago. Lorelei, <laughs> 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 stop laughing. <laughs> you did it too! <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine, babe. Um, do you want a fridge magnet or something? I can get you one. I would fucking love a fridge magnet. <laughs> I think I got you a fridge magnet before. Can I get you a matching fridge magnet? Can you get me another magnet? Specification has to come from an alien ship, but be a human merch item. You know, the really, the, that really fucking awesome shirt you got last time with the banana on it that said potato. I love that shirt. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite shirt. I want that if possible. I will look for, I will look for the banana potato shirt. Thank you. 
Now, Nipponi's spaceport uh, funnels all incoming and outgoing travellers through a large, boxy shoreline building. When you last came to this world, some three years ago now, at the height of your journey to unravel the corruption at the heart of the Kanzir, the Namazir interstellar government, getting through this building was a slow, shuffling experience full of security checks. It's not like that anymore. The maze-like interior of scanners and Q-barriers has been stripped out replaced by milling clusters of armed corsairs. An enormous cockeyed banner displaying the golden V has been tacked up over the Kanzir's own symbol of three green circles tucked inside one another. As you enter, idle chatter quenches and all eyes turn towards you, each pair sharp and wary. Okay, I've decided who I am. Oh, <laughs> I am Synth. I'm starting with Synth and then if I need to lie low, I can switch to Angus. Okay. Uh, remind me with your fame mechanic. Did we say that it's a luck thing to find out how many people know who you are on site? Because I'm figuring at least a few of these Corsairs are going to know who Synth Rhythm is because they don't live under rocks. I rolled a nine. So I don't think this crowd knows you particularly well. I think there are a couple people who like look over, look away and then look back again. But like, with the kind of expressions of no no it couldn't possibly be why the fuck would why why would like why would lady gaga show up here basically do we need to state why synth is particularly famous on azalea oh no it wasn't oh, synth. Synth. it was Sharpie it wasn't synth it. no oh. so if anything this may actually be better at being undercover undercover why slurp is famous on azalea like every other planet in the universe being slurp is a better undercover disguise but here it's actually more advantageous to be, to be the most famous pop star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like being Superman undercover. No one recognized me as Superman. Yeah. This one particular planet, Schlurp is indeed more famous than Synth Rhythm for a reason that you can still see scraps of evidence for oh, no. as oh you God. make your way through the security building. There are posters underneath the Golden Corsair banners of a song and clips from a music video. There's even like a dinged up screen playing what looks like someone dancing and you can hear distantly this kind of slightly sinister loop of Azalea, the pleasure planet of the Namazir. And it's in a really familiar voice as in <laughs> the voice of the robot who is now hidden amongst you. I'm so glad I can put on different voices. <laughs> Lorelei is... Whilst intensely amused, too anxious to actually show it. She's put her hood back and extended her staff and is walking deliberately in front of everyone to be like, show a force, show a force, show a force. But inside she's still the this is, this is fine dog. <laughs> uh, Corel, as we, as we move through Corel is just scanning the, the Corsairs to see if there's any particular individuals moving towards us or anything. No. Everyone's kind of keeping their distance. You see a couple of people's hands like go to their hips or to their backs where their blasters and other weapons are, but no one's actively stepping forwards. Indeed, at the end of the spaceport building, there's a line of Corsairs, and as you guys approach, um, one of them lifts up their wrist and speaks into a communicator and then kind of gestures to the others and they get out of your way to permit you access to the city. Can I do an insight check on those people, on the, those ones moving? Just Yeah. Can I also do an insight check? Yes. I mean, you have the observant feet, meaning that you oh, can, I can read, lip read. You, you can lip read. Uh, can, yeah, can I see what they... I got 25, by the way. 
Carell. I'll say with a 25 that you can guess that someone is watching you maybe through CCTV or security footage and has told this person to look out for you. They've then asked, what should we do? Which is what Schlurp is able to lip read. And then they get a reply back, which has them moving everyone out of the way. As you pass through the doorway, the open doorway, Nipponi presents itself to you. This city is part flooded. It's a traditional Namazir city, meaning that the ground floor is below water and then the rest of the buildings extend upwards into the sky. I would call it like a classical kind of Namazir architecture, complete with like spongy texturing. It looks very organic, very coral-like. It's a bit like Main Street USA. They're capitalizing on a nostalgia and zeroing in on that aesthetic and it's a bit twee. It's, it's not quite as twee now, though. It's indeed a bit grunged up, a bit dented. A lot of the big, bright adverts have got letters missing. It's, it's run down and a bit tired, is what I would say. Now, making this city more accessible to you guys are the elevated walkways that go above the water, which are for people who can't breathe underwater like the Namazir can. These walkways don't have rails on them and connect to secondary entrances above water, like branching off into, into various buildings and structures either side of the walkway. The last time you were here, you explored Naponi's Central Avenue, which is this broad street that curves in a gentle S-bend from the spaceport to the city's largest building, the Blue Palace of the Azalea's High Razir, or Planetary Leader. Azalea has a lot of history and a lot of like old money here, so it kind of has its own devolved governmental system, which is ruled by these very wealthy families. Although what's happened to those in the interim since you accidentally deposed the old Razir, I don't think you're quite sure, but whatever has happened, they're no longer in power. In my capacity as a, a ambassador, a government official, could I roll to see what I, I do know about what's been going on in Azalea? I will allow that. That's very fair. Uh, 21. Okay. Um, what has been going on here? Well, you guys happened. And through the course of your last adventure, exposed that the previous Razir had already been assassinated and replaced by someone else. Now, you guys exposed that this had happened and then promptly left. Yes. In the interim, I imagine several very distant members of the High Razir's family fought over the planet, grabbed little pieces of it here and there basically weakening the whole planet's structure to the point at which when the Corsairs came along, they weren't organized enough to deal with the threat until it was too late. They've now since pretty much handed over control of the planet to the Corsairs, who are using it as a as the very well-resourced home base that it can be and is. You would probably suspect that there are people in hiding on Azalea who might be related to the Razia or know more about what's going on, like contacts that you would have had who are missing. So as you head on to, well, I mean, where do you go? Do you head down the main avenue towards the Blue Palace or do you have an explore? Tali directed us to come here. Yes. Did she give us somewhere to go or is it just like a surprise thing? I mean, I think you know where she is. I think it'd be funny if she just popped up from behind a building like there. Yeah, I've been ruling from behind this stack of bins. <laughs> <laughs> Does it, doesn't that sound right though? <laughs> I'd be You're waiting. a trash can. I've been, <laughs> I've been waiting behind this stack of bins for three days for you to arrive. <laughs> she would do that for dramatic effect. So we're probably expected to go see her on the Shining Throne at the Blue Palace, right? And they know that we're here because they let us in. 
How about we be fashionably late? It's it's courageous. No, I, I like it. I like it. Unless, Lorelei, you'd rather get this over with. I'm not sure how long I have before I just kind of scream. So onwards, please. Unless there's somewhere with very, very good food. I'm kind of hungry. There is actually a bakery nearby. This bakery is on a corner and it has a front entrance, but also down the side of it, you can see a door which seems to connect to a set of kitchens. This doorway is not remarkable. It's not tall, it's not short, not overly anything. And the building it's connected to is the same. And as you pass that doorway, schlurp, you're struck suddenly and sharply by recognition. That little back room is where you met Jiahu. Oh no. And with that, we're gonna dive into a flashback. Azalea is almost two weeks away from Rava and New Analu. Two weeks is a long time to spend within the same walls, even in a ship as swanky as the KJ2 is. You can build routines and keep active and keep on top of things like chores and hobbies and friendships, but even then it only takes the slightest waver in those routines for thoughts to wander and for worries to gnaw. Schlurp. There are still three days left to go before you arrive at Azalea. The ship's windows are awash with the bright white light of the subspace tunnel howling beyond her metal hull. The steady hum of the engines and jump bays is lending a slight quiver to everything around you, from Bugsy's water bowl by the door, to the keyboard pushed up against the sloping window, and even to the handbell sitting innocuously on the floor in front of you. I think Shlurf's just kind of staring at it like, oh, he's going to be angry that I haven't let him out in ages, but it's been a really weird time, and... Uh... <laughs> um, I think they continue to stare at the bell for another several minutes, the bell twitches. Like, okay. Jump, jumps towards you. Okay, fine. So then, so Schlurp reaches out, picks up the bell, and gives it a gives it a little a ring a ding, ling, ding, ling, ding. As you ring the bell, it glows and becomes this bright white silhouette. It then leaps from your hand to spin in the air, and that bright white silhouette melts and reforms into the deer-like silhouette of an Araswati. But this one has a little sticky-out goat-style beard and long undulating horns with like a wave pattern to them. And like a piece of metal cooling from a forge, the light fades and resolves into an Araswati with pale kind of cream fur, almost completely smothered with bright green ring markings. The Araswati lands on the floor and then immediately sinks into a bow. That was a lot more dramatic than normal. Well, when it has been such a long time, you have to mm, put in the style where you can. Sorry, I love Duncan's joy at Bruno B. I I love Bruno. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Schlepp? <laughs> no! <laughs> Hello, Bruno. Long time no see. And uh, whose fault was that? Yes, it, it has been my fault. There's been, I mean, you probably, I know you got, you have like a little bit of sense within the bell. So you've gathered it's been an interesting months or two months or I can't remember. Your life has intersected with the fate of the universe again. Annoyingly, yes. Um, Where do you keep the flute? I probably keep it somewhere where I can see it. 
every day. Not exactly like in its own person, like pride of place or anything, but just somewhere in Ireland that I'm going to be seeing when I go about my daily tasks. He looks directly at it and says, What has happened to Jiahu? I wish I could tell you. She went to go and figure out her being a servant thing. But then she called me from a planet with blue grass and two suns. What? Yeah, I don't... I don't quite know where it was. It looked very pretty. Um, and then a short while later, I had some sort of vision and she was in it. And then I couldn't hear from her and it's been weeks and I have no idea what's happened to her. And I'm very scared. While you're talking, he gets up and walks away from you. And for an instant, it looks like he's just fucking leaving. <laughs> and then you no, realize- you're not allowed outside this room. At least not now. It's <laughs> nighttime. People are trying to sleep. <laughs> I think it's something he's just going to run through the house going, Hello! <laughs> I, I haven't been on this podcast in so long! Never! <laughs> this, is, this is my debut! <laughs> Bruno makes a beeline for the flute and then kind of reaches out towards it as if to pick it up, but stops and like flinches his hand back. And he goes, Tell... She was on the... Tell me about this world. I told you all about all I saw of it. Blue... Blue grass. Two suns. There was some... She was near some ancient ruins that had some interesting markings on them. I think she managed to get there through... I don't know. The the magic you and her seem to have that I still don't quite fully understand. Like, I talked to her. And then it just a little, after, little while after, I had this... I had a vision, and then she was gone. And what else was in the vision? Where, where were you? I was in, I was in a hall, and I was holding her hand. Was it the hall? Yeah, yeah, it was that hall. But I couldn't see my hand, which was weird. I just saw, like, I knew it was my hand, but it wasn't my hand. He crosses back towards you and then says... And you say she was looking for a way to do what? Stop being a servant, I guess. Um, oh, you've missed. Oh, um, are you been aware of anything that's been happening over the past few months? Uh, I have a vague awareness of my surroundings, but it is not. Uh, what do you call it? I, I don't have ears. Right. So we met one of Pyros' servants and he'd gone bananas, basically. Pyrrhic Vanguard, he was just he was wild he was a servant of the god of fire yeah i was confused too like i remember reading about it in the library and they were like they're chill normally and then we met this one and it kept throwing fireballs at us so a bit different i i do not know truly slap i wish i could be of more use one thing that does confuse me we are not servants that's what but that's what she said. She said that she was a tool and a servant, and at any time she could turn into something like that. <sighs> and obviously, I don't know about that thing, so I just assumed she knows what she's talking about. I'm going to go, go let her do what she wants to do, because I'm not going to be like, no, you have to stay here. She is not... Servant is not inaccurate, but it is also not the full truth. We are tethered. 
by your presence caught partway between life and death, beings with broken memories and no true corporeal form to call our own. Are you ghosts? I think so. I have never heard Jiahu say as such, but her situation is different to mine. She is old, Schlerp. Older than me. Older than most. What I have pieced together from snippets and snatches. She learnt directly from the last being to bear that mark, and he, like, taps you on the chest, through which you can, like, those bright green rings on your core pulse. She speaks little of it, of herself, or our shared situation. But Schlerp, if she is seeking freedom, and if she has gone where I think she has, then I fear for her. I was fearing for her already, but hearing you say it makes it so much worse. We are not beings of this world. Well, actually. And this time he turns to the window and points at the bright white void howling beyond. Right now I am a being of this world. If she is searching for the core of what we are, for a way of undoing it, then there is only one place that road will take her, and it is the same place that that hall resides. He takes your hand and says, Schlepp, I know... I wish I knew more, but like I said, I am younger than her. I came to be when the Pantheon was already a graveyard. Bummer. <laughs> Fuck. He laughs and then goes, Bummer. <laughs> Schlepp, I know I am difficult company, but if you ever need me, and I believe you will if you have to go to that place and unpick the things that happened there, I am only ever a bell ring away. <sighs> So I'm staring into the middle distance. <laughs> and Laurelie just stood there quietly as Schlurp staring into the middle distance, but Faraday's staring very resolutely at Laurelie. And Laurelie's <laughs> like, Laurelie, ah. mm. I'm sure you will be fine, but I respect you too much to send you into this and for you to just be like, you need to be poised. Put together, I'm ready to kick her ass. So I'm sure Carell would gladly take on the role of Tali if you wanted to have a back and forth. <laughs> I mean, they have a disguise. No. They have. I'm fine. I can do this. I've got this. Let's go. So are we going for fashionably late or? No, looks like we're going to be on time. Fashionably early. Can't we just be fashionably on time? If anyone tries to open, like, the doors to the main chamber for me, I want to do a full Aragorn and push them both open myself. <laughs> I'm glad you made a Lord of the Rings reference, because when you talked about walking in front of the group with, like, a staff, I was thinking of, like, Gandalf, but really, really small. <laughs> reverse. Reverse. I, I reverse love, Gandalf. I would love Hobbit Gandalf. That would yeah. be so good. Can I Can I use message with Corel on the walk, though? Yeah. So fresh air, is that better? Yes. Do you want to talk about it? Maybe later. 
Okay. Oh, give me a code word. Um, Corel messages the um. <laughs> um uh, and thinks, um, We're not using um, that's a shit one. Yeah. Um, parakeet. That's a word, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I highly doubt that it would come up. Yeah, sure, we'll use that one. Okay. But you're okay, right? Generally. There's a, there's a pause. <laughs> there's a pause on that one. I am as well as I can be in the circumstances. I'll take it. Thank you for checking in. <laughs> and with that, the blue palace looms ahead of you. Come listen to Dice or Roll, the gayest Pathfinder podcast on the planet. We ask the hard questions like, is it morally acceptable to kiss a goblin? Is it cool to use spell slots to warm up leftovers? Would the gods be mad if I wrote slash fic about them? We're a group of four friends who play Pathfinder 2nd Edition every week and go on adventures like none other. We've just launched our brand new season, Extinction Curse, which follows the adventures of the Circus of Wayward Wonders, as they put on the greatest show in all of Galarian and uncover ancient secrets and long-forgotten foes from a bygone era. If you like circuses, clowns, and a little bit of magic, come check us out, and make sure that no matter what, you keep it rolling. The Blue Palace, much like Naponi itself, has not survived the last three years well. One entire wing is part covered in scaffolding and the stone beneath is marred by scorch marks. Some kind of fire has raged here and only barely been extinguished. The damage is actually so extensive that rather than going in through the front doors, you find them walled off and instead a makeshift walkway has been assembled guiding you to a side entrance which is indeed blocked off by a set of large imposing wooden doors uh Lorelei walks forward and then realizes she's holding a staff in one hand and really awkwardly sort of puts it back into like <laughs> its short form and attaches it to her necklace and then looks around a bit puts her hands into fists and then Double checks that the door isn't a pull door and then pushes it open. <laughs> I was just like, dunk, 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 dunk. <laughs> the doors clang against the stone interior walls with a deep, resounding gong like noise. And through that doorway, past Lorelei's tiny form. I will take perception checks from the group, please. Dirty 20. 23. 19. 22. 32. What? Why do we? Why do the rest of us even bother? <laughs> you all see through that doorway a soaring chamber with a sunken floor. The ceiling is strung with jellyfish-like lanterns and chandeliers. The outer area is edged by a raised, like balcony-like walkway. You guys are coming in on the, like I mentioned before, all of these buildings have like a flooded part. Uh, the blue palace's flooded floor is actually dry, presumably because there are no Namazir here anymore. And down in that sunken area is an enormous blue stone throne, which is empty. There's like little discarded boots, there's little discarded bags, there's like a plate on the arm of the chair, and standing next to the chair is an Araswati holding a blaster. And as you enter, all around that balcony, you all notice maybe a dozen different guards, cock blasters, 
they're not pointing them at you, but they, they ready them and are at attention. Pray tell, dear guards, where is your fair queen? The single Araswatis who's standing by the throne startles a little bit and then fumbles their hands and says, I, um, I'm not sure she wanted to be, um, you're, um, you're on time? Are you sure you don't want to explore the city first? Yes. Okay. Um, this way. And they turn and with their hands folded neatly in front of them, just kind of briskly trot across the room to the opposite side of the hall, to where you can see a heavy metal door. Did she expect us to be fast to be late? Is that what's going on here? I think she did. I could have bought that shirt. (laughs) (laughs) We've caught her slightly unawares. So this is what Lorelei was hoping for. The attendant gestures to you to come over to the door. I guess we do. I walk over. I'll, um... They seem to be kind of trying to work out whether they should announce you or not. Their hand twitches towards an intercom panel. And then they just press a little bell button on it and just scurry away. Oh, oh! Can before they do it, can Lorelei put her finger on it? Yeah, sure. Darling, how are you? Tries to put on her best TLZ tone. I don't know why she's gone with this, but it's the way we're going. <laughs> <laughs> the Araswati attendant makes a little kind of meeping noise and then says... Enjoy your meeting! And basically flees. Lorelei winks. They go pink. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a resounding silence on the other end of the intercom. Is the door open? I think there is several seconds of silence. Do you try the door? No, I'll count to ten. Oh god! What, out loud? No, not out loud. In my, in my head, I'm going to count to ten, and if nothing happens... You get to nine, and mm. then there's, like... I think you're so perceptive, Lorelei. You can tell there's, like, the sound of footsteps on the other side of the door. Uh, I sort of position myself to look regal in front of the door. And I get my <laughs> staff back out. I try to look like an entourage. <laughs> I pose. <laughs> I, I pose to to look vaguely like bodyguardish, which oh you know I have God. experience of. So I mean, you guys can roll intimidation if you're trying to look intimidating. You can roll. She's intimidation. not trying to look intimidating. She's These just... two fucking are. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm Cynthia. You're Cynthia. So does that mean I have to roll up with my reputation thing? Oh God. Yeah, we can find out whether Tali's a fan of synth rhythm. <laughs> uh, I've got a plus three. It might have increased then, but let's stick with plus three for now. I, I, I have to roll look as well to see whether she no, oh, yeah, like, is her. a fan. Is she a fan? You have to find out. Oh, fuck. Well, it's either really good or really bad. So I rolled an 18 plus my intimidation, 22 plus three, 25. Okay. 26. Okay, this is a gang and a half. <laughs> Lorelei, there's an unlocking noise. And then there's another unlocking noise. And then there's another unlocking noise. And then there's and then there's another unlocking noise. (laughs) And then one more unlocking noise. That's five. And then the door makes a deep clunk and swings open. And Tali is not at the other side of it. Is it fucking Gregory? No, there's no one. Well, there's a quickly dissipating mage hand. And beyond that brief sparkle of purple, 
you see a long narrow room lit by buzzing yellow saucer lamps and the walls are kind of tacked with embroidered fabrics like covered in leaves and vines uh, the spongy namazir tiles have been removed exposing bare stone beneath and your little hoofed toes click smartly as you take a step onto it a table runs nearly the whole length of the room a low wooden slab encircled by square cushions its surface is overrun with papers and comms units and screens, uh, pens and styluses and highlighters. The information sprawling there is too much to take in all at once, and it isn't even the end of it. The far wall is dominated by nine humming screens, each an endless scroll of video clips and chat boxes and coordinates. Beside the screens is a heavy metal hatch with a dirty porthole in the centre, and beside that dirty porthole door, sitting on a high stool with one leg cocked over the other and a bracelet sparkling on her left wrist, is an Araswati. She has a pointed face, expressive long-lashed eyes and short sandy fur banded by sharp black markings. Her mouth is pinched into a scowl and her brow is furrowed. Her small head is crowned, gloriously so, by three golden corkscrew-shaped horns. It's funny, because you all know who she is. And across all that time and all those moments, she has never been anything but poised and prepared. Yet here, for just a moment, she looks tired. Lorelei just sort of shifts out of her vaguely regal pose. How close is any other seat to her? There are only cushions on the floor, probably one about six feet away. I just go down and sit on a seat, sit on a cushion. I'm like, that looks much more comfortable. You didn't answer my question. How are you? I've been better. <laughs> she almost like goes to say something and then catches herself and looks away from you, Lorelei. Inside check, inside check, inside check. Go ahead. Lorelei's shitting herself. Jess is having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> 22, inside check. I think with that insight check, you, your heart gives a little skip of you don't even know what because you recognize that she was about to say something like better for seeing you or it's good to see you like she for a second there before she hid it she was pleased to see you and then it's like she remembered in a show of faith Lorelei takes her cape off folds it up and puts it on the ground her eyes 100% catch on that and you know that she understood and saw that for the show of faith that it was I sit down and gesture for the others to join me the rest of you file in and Tali just kind of lifts her chin a little bit imperiously to look at each of you in turn until her eyes land on Schlurp, who is currently disguised as Synth Rhythm, to whom she does a quadruple take. <laughs> and then, unless I'm very bad at maths, you're missing one sight and have gained one pop star? Lorelei's not saying anything. I think Schlurp puts on, not in their voice, in a different voice. In a synth voice. In a synth voice. From what I understood from the others, they had some AI alliance work to attend to, and it couldn't be moved. So would that be persuasion? And would I be able to contest that with insight? Uh, I think insight that, versus deception. deception. I, think okay. I think I'd be me doing a deception roll. Eleven. And that AI alliance work has brought you to Azalea Why? I just stand behind Crick. I just sidestep behind That's Crick. That's a massive clue. <laughs> you you sidestep. The reason I've said nothing because she would instantly She's guessed. Take... There's nothing I could do at this point. You sidestep to stand behind Crick and she just kind of, her mouth quirks and then 
She kind of relaxes a bit and no longer looks quite as haughty. I tried. <laughs> I know, Shlurp, I know. I mean, I'm sure... <laughs> no, cut, cut that out, cut that out! Wait, no. No, you know what, that's Lore- too... Lorelei just... That's too good, that's too good. Puts her head in one of her hands and goes, Well, welcome to a very exclusive club. The club of knowing this... Yeah. And she kind of points one finger at, at Schlurp. Yes, it numbers, what, 10 to 15? It's a small club. I don't actually think that makes me feel any better about the horns, but I appreciate the membership. And then she gets off her stool. Thank you for coming. I won't do anything quite so boring as ask how the flight was. Because I think everybody in this room knows that I would not have called upon the space squad. She said it. Yes. Her, eyes, yes. her eye twitches. I'm still behind Crick because I'm also just scared. Her eye fully twitches. If there was not a very good reason for it. And we wouldn't have come for the same reasons. I would. This is a pretty neat planet. Yeah. It's seen better days. We can be in agreement on that. I have several problems. <laughs> Thank you, Lorelei. But one in particular, I would appreciate help with. I do not expect you to do this for any reason of emotional investment we are both of our parties are interested in being able to continue to operate as we are business partners no contemporaries we are wary contemporaries contemporaries I didn't say that in character. Oh my god. That was not what Schlurp said. Oh, please let it be so, what Schlurp said. It's it so, so in character. So in character. Fine, they, fine. They said that without real, because they were staring in space, just like, oh. contemporary. <laughs> Her eye fully twitches again. I have a problem with an entity from beyond our world. And I happen to know for a fact that you five have recently been dealing with entities from beyond our world. And she kind of snaps a finger and behind her the screens light up with images of your battle um, in New Analu against the flaming monsters. And then with a video from um, the entrance to the cave with like the scorched claw marks running along its walls. It's another club we are part of together. Hmm, maybe we should all get t-shirts. I think we already have matching tattoos. What? And she pulls off one glove and on the back of her hand is a like a, a bright red brand shaped like a star. This is one of the symbols on the wall, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Fuck! Corral, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the third time I've heard you swear in like the five years we've known each other. So, yeah, that's just... Did you just... Cuss, Corel. Fucking well did, yes. <laughs> I need to lie down. This is too much. I, 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 I just not the, I, the, not this thing. I, the I swearing. Can't. I just, I just it's, it's... <laughs> okay. Really, my swearing is not the issue here. 
I think it is the issue here. It, <laughs> no, it is a she. Everyone, it's... please. <sighs> please, come on. Is it really that surprising? She is pretty strong. She didn't seem that strong in the other times we fought her. She clenches that hand into a fist and then gloves it again. As much as I know of your previous acquaintance, I was more talking of the information. Do you remember that, um, oh, where was it? Tourmaline that got shared with us, Faraday? Hmm. Um, about Tali's dreams. Lorelei just looks straight at her like, we know you. <laughs> we see you. Tali says nothing and then sits down on one of the cushions at the other end of the table. This problem, we share it? Maybe, sort of. Um, or at least we've seen things that are adjacent to it. How do you propose that we can help? The five of you have a propensity for dealing with complex problems with strange sources. Hmm, correct. And you also have a predilection for looking out for the little guy. You might not like me or my employees, but there are several little guys on this planet who will be affected by this threat if it is not dealt with swiftly. What information do you have and when do we start? Yes, let's get into specifics. She smiles, leans forwards, and then flips a small holographic projector into the, like, into the centre of the table and then activates it. Images flash up above the table of... Nipponi in 3D showing you the kind of volcanic rim and how it drops away for countless hundreds of meters below the waves into this great abyss. The image pans down showing you how like these lava tubes descend into all these caverns and all of these flooded waterways which is where the bulk of the cities of this planet are like are oh, they're built under the surface deep deep down in the dark. And she stops it on one particular cavern, an enormous one to the south of Naponi, and she zooms in. This is the Jikanir Geothermal Resort. Until very recently, this place was the ultimate play place of the Namazir rich and famous. Now, its downfall is not the fault of my employees. When somebody hands you the keys to their house, before you actually threaten them with a gun, you should perhaps be a little bit cautious. However, I confess I was rather busy at the time. And now, I have inherited the problem that they were failing to deal with. Beneath Jikanir Geothermal Resort is a monster. Oh my god, they dug too deep! They dug too deep. As you might have guessed from the volcanic crater that we're sitting within right now, this was a volcanic region. They assumed when they named and built Jikanir Geothermal Resort that it still was. That fire wasn't natural. There's a beast down there. For the last few thousand years, it has warmed the spa pools. But now, it is on the verge of breaking free. I have not seen the beast myself. But I have seen the signs, and I I know it's there. And she sounds a little bit too sure, a little bit too fervent about that. I know it's there. I would be grateful for your assistance in dealing with the beast before it can 
escape and bring harm to this world. I think that would likely be within our remit, yes. Do you have any further information about this beast? It's connected to this. And she taps the back of her ha her gloved hand where the mark was. I don't know what the connection is, but this mark glows when I go near it. When like the furthest I have been down is to the roof of the resort, and this marking was glowing like a star. So I, it's, it's just my belief that it relates somehow to this apocalyptic narrative we are all somehow tied to. Mm, how subtle is Lorelei feeling? Not very. Uh, Lorelei just turns to everyone else and... Have you ever... Mine's never, uh, Lorelei says, putting up her hand with the little trident mark on it. Um, Like, glowed? Crowdless there, I'm up, up where the marks are. You all know where, when these when these glow. I think Schlepp, like lets like a little bit of the illusion kind of reveal their core with like the marks on it. I mean, mine have glowed before. Is it when uh, your musical friends are around? Yeah. Your band. Yeah. So it goes to argue that whatever entity gave you that mark this monster served them in some way. When did that mark appear? What did you do? Tali determinedly does not look at you, Lorelei, and says, I was 19. Ah, um, much older than any of ours then? I look around at everyone else because I don't know where you got your first one. I can't, I can't remember exactly when I got my first one. But not ten years ago. I'm not even ten years old. <laughs> I think Schlepp's was like three years ago. Same for Corell's, I think. Yeah, Corell and Schlepp were the first. Lorelei just sort of looks at her and looks at the others and is like, that is the earliest among our number. There may be others out there that we haven't met. I really hoped it was just, it was just an us thing. <laughs> It's never just an us thing. I mean, we've we've known that. Have you, did did it just embed itself in my brain because of who I am? But did you guys all forget about when we did not fight German in Tourmaline? We never really fought him. Yeah, exactly. We did. We were expecting to. Then we didn't. Then he was like, "Oh, Tali's been having bad dreams about fire," and my brain was like. Oh shit! And Lorelei realizes she's completely gone off on a tangent and ignoring ignoring the fact that Tali's in the room. Right you, now. you say that out loud about <laughs> her dreams. Yeah. I, I look at Lorelei like. I think there's like. Yeah, I think she's like. There's like a smoldering, smoky smell, and Lorelei's like, "We had a heated conversation." He oh, Lorelei was not the fire language. Lorelei. <laughs> 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 did we did we kill that guy? No. Well, I think he's dead now. There's a distinct like sizzling sound and then I point at like the... You can see like the the her gloves like the palms of her gloves are blackening slightly. Fine. Sorry. I was just surprised that they had all forgotten that we had 
information available to us that makes this information that you're currently giving us not particularly surprising. New, but not surprising. Not that this isn't fun, and I can't personally can't wait for the eternity with all of us stuck together forever. Welcome to the club, Tommy. Do you want us to destroy it? Are you coming with us? Unless any of you can pilot a submarine, I have to come with you. Joy. Might as well get the bonding started, as it's going to be forever. Has it actually attacked anyone? Yes. Are they alive to tell the tale? No. Is there a skull available? No. Oh. So is this like a immolation style deal? They become part of it. Terrifying. Oh! Um, so is it... Is there anyone who's seen it? No. Only the signs. Anyone who's seen it hasn't lived to tell the tale. Okay, well, do we want to go now? Do we want to prepare? Is there any other poignant information that you need to give us before we can leave this awkward room and go to another awkward room? We may encounter obstacles other than the creature on the descent. Natural aquatic life. Angry rebels. A bit of both. Rocks. A bit of that. Additionally, a platoon or two of the Shola gang. Who? The Sholas are an up-and-coming syndicate from Zarel, who have recently been taking advantage of certain lapses in management to expand their territory um, into interstellar locations. So another one of your problems. Ah, yes. Someone making their own house of cards out of the ones that have fallen off yours, one might say. She rolls her eyes and then says, quite astute, as always. Yes, the Sholas may be a problem. And rebels. And rocks. And the creature. Goodness me. I Well, I can see why you seemed a little stressed when we came in. I think that would be a lot on anyone's shoulders. Stressed? <laughs> I'm just assuming I, I would be. I wouldn't count myself as stressed, Captain. I would count myself as thoroughly pissed off. Well, The two can go hand yeah, in hand, under- I found. Understandable as well, yeah. So how long do we have to deal with this? Is this like a, we have to do it imminently or everything will go to shit? Or do we like got a couple days before everything goes to shit? It could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen in a year. Okay, cool. Un- undecisive. That's my favorite type of thing. I'm, um, I apologize for not being thoroughly aware of the interdimensional monster. That's all right. Invite them. It'll be helpful. They'll solve the problem. Fucking, is it worth it? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm so excited to be on a submarine with you lot. Please help me kill the stupid monster so you can all leave. And I can go back to watching everything collapse around me. Paige, is there a bubble tea shop on this planet? Is there a Bella's Bubbles? Yes. <laughs> I can go get- Okay, if you guys want to plan here, I could go get bubble teas. Just 
just so people can chill a little while we're planning to deal with a horrifying fire monster. <laughs> Tali steeples her, like, kind of pinches her brow, Schlurp, and then points at you and says, Tell Patrick that Tali wants her special. Okay. Um, Crick, maybe go with Galaxy Famous Pop Star Synth Rhythm. Yes, I will. I can't fucking believe that site is synth rhythm. Hey, it's Paige Dolby Evans, your game master, host, and resident dog person. I just wanted to say that the Junket podcast wouldn't be possible without the talents of the lovely people behind the characters. That's my wife, Leonie, as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Duncan as Corel, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Shona as Schlurp, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. Our show is powered by a modified version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. To learn about the custom rulings, mechanics, and aliens that make our game possible, you can visit our website, thejunkitpodcast.com, or just ask us on Twitter at thejunkitpod. Lastly, if you're both willing and able, you could support the show over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thejunkitpodcast. That's all from me. See you in a fortnight.